Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us today here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, good to have you with us. Great to be here again, Gina. We're also delighted to have Stephen DeMassimo in the studio with us. Stephen is a seminarian at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania, where he's in his second year of theological studies. He's studying under Father Thomas Daly, who is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo. And for our listeners, Father Father Daly is also one of our regulars on this podcast, and in fact, he's here with us now out in the studio audience. So as we continue our Lenten journey, Stephen is here to share with us his insights into the gospel for the third Sunday of Lent. So Stephen, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. We're happy to have you here. Now, before we take a closer look at the scripture, Stephen, can you tell us where you're from? I am from North Carolina, so I hail from the Diocese of Raleigh, but we have a good connection with Philadelphia because our former bishop was Bishop Burbage, who many of you here know. Well, we're delighted to have you with us. It should be fun. It should be fun. I think it will be. All right, so let's see how the Spirit speaks to us through the Word this week. Matt, what is the Gospel passage for this Sunday? Our Gospel for the third Sunday of Lent is from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter, and it begins with Jesus telling the people about some folks who were murdered by Pontius Pilate and for some people who were killed by a tower that fell on them. He used these kind of news examples, he's a news guy too, to talk about how people have a need for repentance for their sins. And then from there he goes in into the parable of the fig tree and how the the fig tree needs nurturing so that it can bear more fruit or it will be cut down. So there's the choice, bear fruit or be cut down. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a difficult one. So how does this speak to us today, Stephen? Yeah, you're going to hear the word repentance a lot in this gospel. But after reading it and praying with it, this is a gospel about freedom, if we really put it into context. And if you miss that, you miss the whole message. Luke's gospel starts off, if you want to take a look on your own at some point at chapter four, it starts off with this great announcement of what his mission is, and his mission is to liberate people. It's not a mission of domination, but of liberation. And I think that really sets the scene. It starts in this loving mission of God who wants to set us free from sin, and repentance is the response to that. And I think people often wonder, okay, what exactly does repentance mean? And when we look at that in the gospel, it's a turning of one's mind and heart back to God. So it involves a change in action, a change in the way we think. You've given me a lot of hope with that insight, because the first few times I read through this, I thought, oh my goodness gracious, you know, and people today especially do not want to hear, I can't do something. They don't want to be told that there's a consequence or that there's a danger they're going to miss out because this is the day and the age of having it all. But you've actually given us a very hopeful message that repentance is a step towards freedom, that it's part of the process. But how do you get the people in the pew to get that? Yeah, I think in particular, you know, Jesus is telling us that we need to repent from sin because sin does have consequences, like you said, and that there is great danger and great risk for unrepented sin. It's not an easy thing to hear, but it's a necessary thing to hear. I think of a good parent who will correct their child. I think of a good coach who will work on the fundamentals and correct them over and over again. Or a good teacher who won't let their student persist in error because they want what's best for them. And if we take that into mind, when Jesus says twice in five verses, I tell you, if you do not repent, you will likewise perish. He doesn't want us to experience spiritual death. He wants us to have the fullness of life that can be found in him. So kind of reflecting on this, I I thought of two things that are of practical consequence. And one of them is that I think our culture does live in that lie that the demands of the gospel actually impede our freedom. But in reality, sin is really what's impeding our freedom. That's the greatest obstacle for us 
to a life with Christ in heaven. And so if we keep that in mind, that kind of helps to soften the words of Jesus, but to take them seriously. And the second thing would also have to do with the reality that Jesus loves us too much to leave us in the slavery of sin. He doesn't want us to stay there. And we can't put repentance on the back burner. I think the lie we mentioned can sometimes be a source of that. Or sometimes when we try to start that life of conversion, what can end up happening is we get easily discouraged by falling again. And then we throw in the towel. Or some people aren't aware of their own sinfulness, continue to persist in sin. And so either way, you can end up pushing sin into a cycle, almost like around a revolving door, and it's going to come back. So we can't put repentance on the back burner. And that's just it, that revolving door. People know that in their own lives, when they're on their third marriage, when they're in their seventh time in rehab, or when they're just at a place in their life where they've never really felt fulfilled. So it's a question of getting them to see that they do get this deep down. They do. And they know in their athletes and in people who've really succeeded at a given profession or an art form, it's through that work, that discipline, that willingness to change and to suffer, really to suffer for something greater. I want to key on this image of the gardener in the parable. The owner of the orchard wants to hack down the tree and burn it. But the gardener interjects and says, wait a minute, let me give it another chance. Let me care for it. Let me nurture it and fertilize it and prune it. What does that say about us today? That image of this person who's willing to take a step back and reassess and give extra nurturing. Yeah, I think it's a message about spiritual readiness. When we hear in the gospel that Jesus does give a second chance, but also that time is limited. And he kind of balances that. And so, you know, our time here is limited. We only have a certain number of days, a certain time allotted to us in this life. In the tradition of the church of humanity, there's this phrase, memento mori, meaning remember your death. And it's actually meant to help us reflect on the fact that our time here is limited. And therefore, we need to take advantage of all the opportunities that we can, especially in the life of the church, to be spiritually fruitful. And I think that, you know, the normative way that somebody could respond to this gospel as a Catholic is through the sacrament of confession, uh, of reconciliation, and making a good heartfelt confession sometime this Lent, and then pinpointing that area of your life, whatever that revolving door is, to respond with grace, to take action in life, to make some practical changes. And to make that revolving door a true path to Easter joy. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing your insights with us. You remain in our prayers as you journey through Lent and on your path to priesthood. God bless. Thank you. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. This episode of Inside Catholic Philly is sponsored by the Bazillion Spirituality Center. The Bazillion Spirituality Center, located in Jenkintown, was founded in 2000 to bring Christ's praying, healing, and life-giving presence to all God's people. Rooted in the spirituality of St. Basil, the center is a hub for Catholic activity in the Philadelphia area. Our spring 2019 program schedule includes an open house on January 30th, a retreat for caregivers on March 23rd, and faith formation meetings on Tuesday evenings during Lent. Find us on Facebook or at stbasils.com. This podcast has been a production of catholicphilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at catholicphilly.com.